Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. QB prices have gotten out of control in underdog big board super flex drafts. Sometimes... Upwards of 10, 11 quarterbacks going in the first round. The top six players by ADP, all quarterbacks. So how do we handle this? How do we win this tournament? Do we just chase the quarterbacks out the board? Do we get crazy at quarterback? Are we drafting backups? What are we doing to mitigate this insane ADP and actually try to beat our opponents instead of just following the leader with all the quarterbacks? That's what we're going to figure out today. Crush some big board super flex drafts. Let's do it. All right, Rob. All right, Eric. Talking about quarterbacks. We are. We're and, talking and about all the quarterbacks, actually. We've we've talked about so many quarterbacks. Like the quarterback conversation we've been having for like <laughs> it feels like forever. I mean, we've been we were talking about this year's quarterback like ADP and stuff in like June of last year. <laughs> like it's been almost a year of talking about quarterbacks. Um, I'm, uh, I, I don't think I'm loving continuing to talk about quarterbacks, but the tournament we have right now to draft is super flex. <laughs> and so the, this is what we have to do, but I do think it's a very interesting discussion. And I, I think I'm not saying I have the, the keys to the kingdom, but I do think there's a, like a lot of people, maybe not, being thoughtful enough about uh, these super flex drafts as it pertains to quarterback mostly. I think there's a lot of people approaching it. I don't want to say the right or wrong way, but I think they're approaching it from the stance of looking at other drafts and the value of quarterbacks and as they pertain to other drafts and then not, I think there's people not valuing them enough. And I think there's people that are completely overvaluing the position. And I really think it depends your draft position on how you should play the quarterbacks and super flexes. Personally, when I look at the draft boards and I see what's going on, there's stuff that I understand and there's stuff that I don't understand. Yeah. Um, there, there's arguments that I've heard where it's like, okay, um, 
somebody drafted Josh Allen, we'll say 101 or 102. Well, I can't compete with a Josh Allen team with like a Tua or a Daniel Jones or something like that. And I don't think that's the way you should be approaching it. And particularly in the rear end of these drafts, I don't think double tapping quarterback is terrible as some people think it is because your leverage isn't that you're putting a Tua team against Josh Allen. Your leverage is you're putting a Tua slash Daniel Jones team against Josh Allen. And that person that has Josh Allen sometimes is double tapping quarterback and the quarterback they're getting is, I don't know, Kirk Cousins. Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Um, which isn't terrible. It's not the worst, but I think your leverage is that you have two. It's just, it's the law of mediums, right? Like you, you have the two middle that are probably going to propel you a little bit more than Josh Allen trying to carry Kirk cousins every week. Right. So I don't think that's a bad way to approach it either, but there's, I think that the the biggest, most egregious thing is these Josh Allen's Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes teams feeling like they have to double tap quarterback in those first two or three rounds. To me, that's egregious. I think those are the spots that you can actually punt and get a, a like I, the guy that I brought up on our last stream was um, that I did on Sunday, I believe was Gardner Minshew. Is he, is he going to start all 16 or 17 games? Maybe not, but there's a chance that he's a 17 game starter and you're getting him 16th, 17th round. And tell me what is the difference between Gardner Minshew right now and Kirk Cousins? If he starts all seven, <laughs> is there Obviously, a difference? Right. There's a difference, but this is definitely something we're going to get into this. There's a difference, but the difference isn't given the format, Kirk Cousins being a late second round pick and Gardner Minshew going in the 17th round or what, you know, I don't even know what his ADP is. Like he, he doesn't even like necessarily always get drafted. Um, and I am just going to tout your and our, we, People probably think that we plan some of this stuff out. A, we don't plan like anything before these shows. Uh, B, we definitely didn't plan this. I I have posted our core picks for these Superflex tournaments. And uh, funnily enough, Gardner Minshew is one of the three quarterbacks that makes the list because of what you said. Everyone is valuing quarterbacks, but not all, but like not every quarterback you know what I mean? Like, if Kirk Cousins is a second-round pick, then Gardner Minshew should not have an ADP of 184. I, I don't like Gardner Minshew. Like, I'm not going to draft him in best ball mania. I don't really think he's all that great of a player. The spot is not great, but he's a starting court. He's a, a quarterback that has very clear path to, to starting, maybe starting for a significant period of time, and he goes borderline undrafted, but Jared Goff's going in the second round, like, because he put up a few big games last year. Like, it's yeah. still Jared Goff. Like, you know what I mean? So I think that's that's definitely um, um, some of it. But but, but continue because I totally agree with kind of your point about it's not um, it's not anything about oh you can't double tap quarterback at the end of the first round or oh you can't you I don't even think it's necessarily wrong to take Jalen Hurts and Jared Goff. I, I don't because of the profile that Jared Goff is. That's not something that I'm interested in. But I don't think that in and of itself is like, oh my God, you're an idiot. You lost the Superflex tournament. Right, right. I think it's, there's just so much nuance. What are our opponents doing? And how are you going to try to win this tournament? Right? And like, a lot of the biggest mistake, I think, is probably after that, right? If you double tap quarterback to start, almost no matter what your draft position is, it's like, 
the mistakes come thereafter, probably. Like everyone keeps, I keep seeing and hearing a lot of that. It's like, oh, well, how are you going to beat the Josh Allen team with Dak and Tua? And I'm like, well, I have two. They have one. Josh Allen in any given week can be outscored by other quarterbacks. We're not competing to score the most points over the course of the regular season. We're competing to win a best ball tournament in which we saw Tom Brady and Daniel Jones lap the field, lap the field. In week 17, we saw the aforementioned Kirk Cousins put up big games. We saw Tua put up big games. And so I don't think I think people still are thinking about especially this format through the lens of like traditional, like I'm trying to create the optimal team and score the most points over the course of the regular season. But like, that's not the goal here. The goal here is that, dude, honestly, I would rather just get second in the regular season, score as few points as possible, because then I'm, you know, I probably have a, a crappier team with lower owned players and then get in the dance. And then how do I win those three, those three playoff rounds? So obviously you can't target that. I'm not trying to create bad, bad teams, but I'm just saying everything I hear is like, how do you beat the Josh Allen team with this? And it's like, well, that's not really like how it works. Plus I have a bunch of other picks, you know? And so um, I just think we can think about this thing a little bit, a little bit differently. And uh, I know you have some ideas. You've already elaborated some. I have, I have some ideas. So I think it's a really fun conversation. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of nuance to the Superflex that we're all still working our way through. I think some of it can carry over to some of the other tournaments, not completely. So one of my other ideas with the Superflex is it brings up the value of some of these backup quarterbacks for this particular tournament. I think it helps if you look at it like if you nuance it and look at it. Some of these backups are still viable for like a best ball mania. But really, the top four, five, six backups, you're, you're able to take them, especially in 20-round formats. We want to take shots on backup quarterbacks. Why wouldn't we? Marcus Mariota in Philadelphia. Do we think Marcus Mariota is a good quarterback? No, he's not great. No, I can attest to how much Falcons I watched last year. <laughs> he's not great. But if you had Marcus Mariota on a super flex and you're getting him 19th, 20th round, the value on Hertz, do you think Hertz is going to play all 17 games? I hope so. But we saw last year they didn't play all 17 games. Imagine if Marcus Mariota was in Philadelphia last year. You had Marcus Mariota on your bench. He's playing for them, right? And he's putting up a 17 to 22 point median over those last, you know, playoff weeks. And you just, you dragged him to the playoffs, which wasn't too hard to do because you got him in the 19th round. Right. So your, your core is still out there firing on all cylinders. You dragged yourself to the playoffs, and Marcus Mariota comes in, and boom, you're one of the only Marcus Mariota teams in the tournament, and he's solidly putting up numbers for you in the Superflex position. Right? I, I mean, yep. I mean, it's galaxy, it's slightly galaxy brain, but it's not really that crazy. No. And, and a someone like Marcus Mariota can fit into just about any structure. And I've also seen – here's something. So – the theme for me in terms of obviously the title of the show is you know, two ways to leverage. There are certainly more ways to leverage um, this format. But the, the theme for me is it's kind of two, two pronged. It's almost one in one in the same. But it is all like and that's what this game of best ball is. I think people miss sometimes. And I think people have gotten much, much smarter at like, say, in best ball mania or like the DraftKings Millie or and, well, I don't know about DraftKings. Drafters are pretty, pretty sharp people over there drafting over there. But in Superflex, it's a new format. People don't feel super comfortable with it, right? Even Underdog's specific Superflex format is very different, removing the wide receiver and adding, God forbid, 
we keep wide receivers on underdog. They, uh, you know, so they've totally changed the format. It's new to everybody. Best ball is already new and difficult. I think people just hop in and they say, how do I build the best team? Right. How do I, how do I build the best team? Like to score the most points, right? If I were drafting my home league, Superflex, how would I do this? If I were drafting a dynasty, Superflex, how would I do this? And like, that's not what we're doing. Like everything is about winning this tournament, which is, I don't, really give a shit how many regular season points i don't give a shit how many points i score over the entire i don't care how many points i score in week 17 pat crane won two million dollars in best ball mania scoring like 160 points in in week 17 like that wasn't even a good week like it was fine of course but like liam the year before scored like 200 or something like that you know like it's just the the actual amount of points don't really matter and kareen's team wasn't good like if 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 we did a draft you know you viewed a draft throughout the course of the summer last year. I don't mean it not good. I mean, like, through the lens that we're talking about here. If you pulled Tom, you're like, Tom Brady and Eckler and, like, you know, Godwin, whatever. Like, eh, it's, you know, it's whatever. It's fine. Like, nobody was really all that excited, but he structured it well, right? He stacked his – he stacked wide, wide receivers with quarterbacks, so he gave himself a chance. He didn't score the most points in the regular season, nowhere near close. Yeah, there's a ton of busts on that. On that. Tom Brady was an epic disaster as a, as a quarterback pick. But you just got to get to the dance, and then as long as you have well-structured your team, now it becomes about leverage and what did all of our opponents do, right? And so if you're doing the same thing that everyone else is doing, whether that is double-tapping quarterback or freaking triple-tapping quarterback, right, or what you mentioned, what I keep seeing, and I haven't done many of these, and so it's mostly me consuming content and seeing what other people are doing. But in, in the drafts that I do, partially because I've done it, but I've also seen other people do it and other people talk about it, is your initial point about the end of the first round. Everybody says, okay, I didn't get a top five or six, depending upon how you view you know, Lamar and Herbert or whatever. I didn't get one of those guys. So I can't take Deshaun Watson. I can't take Dak. I can't take, right? I can't take those guys over... Uh, Cooper Cup or just or Justin Jefferson. And I'm not saying I disagree. I absolutely if you go to our Superflex rankings, I have Justin Jefferson fifth overall in this format. So like I I have him higher. Like I'm not drafting Joe Burrow over over Justin Jefferson. And people think that's great. Some people are drafting Justin Herbert over Justin Jefferson and things like that. And I'm like, how how is Justin Herbert beating Josh Allen? Like, I don't know what the difference between him and him and Dak or two is. But the whole point is. If you're saying, okay, once we get this quarterback past this tier, whatever, wherever your tier break is, I can't take one of these other quarterbacks, and everyone else is doing the same thing, what leverage are you gaining on anyone? You think this is optimal, right? You're drafting it because you believe it's the optimal, like, way to build a team to score the most points. But that's not the goal here. Right. And so to your point, if everyone reaches pick nine and everyone takes Justin Jefferson at pick nine and then we come back around and a couple more quarterbacks go and then everyone takes Tyree kill in the in the second round with that same thing. And all your Justin Jefferson teams are punt quarterback like that's not you just built the same Justin Jefferson teams over and over and over with thousands of other people in the field. Now there's nuance to that, right? It's still a a little bit of a crapshoot in terms of the other players that are actually on that team, but you're not gaining leverage. You're, you're, 
you're thinking that you're being smarter. Like everybody's chasing quarterbacks. So I'm just going to take Justin Jefferson, but you're actually doing the same thing as every other Justin Jefferson drafter. And he gets picked in every draft, you know? So you're not, you're not really gaining anything. And so my thing is, I, I, like I said, I don't have the, 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 all the answers. No one does, but the, the, what you should be solving for is how I'm going to beat my opponents how I'm going to build this team that gives me a chance to have a better Justin Jefferson team than everybody else, or have a right a a, a Dak to a team that can beat the Josh Allen teams, right? Those kind like I'm not setting out to be like like it it, it feels like a, like I said a, a traditional season long mindset where people are just like I'm, I need to make the optimal pick in terms of how I'm going to score the most points on this team as opposed to the opt- like dude they're all first second third round picks they're all good like yeah. th- there's not a, an optimal pick or a suboptimal pick they're all awesome for fantasy so how do you combine them all together both from a player combination perspective and from like a structural perspective perspective to create a, a a team that gives you a, a better chance to win the tournament right and a better chance to win the tournament is it sometimes is projection generally not it's generally like how did you combine players together how did you you know structure your team are you wide receiver heavy early when everybody else is going running back or vice versa if everybody's really you know and if everybody's quarterback like there's just you have to think these things through in terms of how you're winning the tournament. And that's the the biggest takeaway that I've had so far is I think most people are just like, how do I build the highest scoring team? And that's not what we're trying to do. And in line with that thinking, I think people are going too much to the fact that you have to play a quarterback in the super flex spot. Like I have to have a quarterback play super flex every week or I'm dead. And that's not true either. You can, right. you can, you have quarterbacks that are scoring consistently 10, 11, 12 points, right? For, for that lower third of quarterbacks last year, they weren't putting up like godly numbers that that you had to have. So if you're getting if you're getting enough wide receivers and running backs that are rotating through that super flex that are getting you the touchdown and 40 yards, they're probably going to be the equivalent of some of these quarterbacks you're getting in the third or fourth round. And you're getting these running backs in the 10th, 11th, 12th round. So why why do you have to go into that mindset that you need two quarterbacks immediately? Is would be and you have to have mm-hmm. one for the superflex. Now I do want more quarterbacks because again they do have the best chance of scoring twenty points, but not not at the overvaluing that some of them are going. So I think it's I want lot. them. Yeah, I want the quarterback. No one is saying it, it's kind of like when we talk in the regular season. Like I want good running backs too, but I'm trying to build a team that by the time we get to the tournament, I have good everything. Right. Right. And I have upside and I have leverage and I have all of that. It goes to, this is true in my opinion uh, about the general consensus of quarterbacks in this format, as well as running backs. Everyone says this is the thing. Quarterbacks are obviously worth more in super flex. That's just obvious. But because the wide receiver position got removed, people will say running backs are more valuable. And that is also true, but all running backs are more valuable. Right. And so it becomes if all running backs get a boost, it that doesn't mean that whatever. I really like Nick Chubb. So this is a terrible example, but that Nick Chubb instantly goes, you should go ahead of Cooper Cup. It's like, well, no, because it's if all the running backs gain an edge, that means that 10th round running back that you take also gets a boost. And so you take him with Cooper Cup. What does that combination get you versus Nick Chubb with? 
juju. <laughs> like, yeah. what would you rather have? Like, obviously, the if you're saying that the running back position is more valuable, the running back gets the boost. Juju is worthless in this format, but Cooper Cup is still valuable because you do have to fill out two wide receiver spots, and he's freaking, you know, the second coming of uh, whatever, old school Randy Moss in fantasy at wide receiver. So, like, it's it's those kinds of things where people will say, they're op- they're more optimal or higher valued because of the format, but this is a market, right? Mm-hmm. And and all if all running backs are more valuable and all quarterbacks are more valuable, it becomes the way you put those puzzle pieces together to create the combination of players that either a project better, have a higher ceiling, or give you leverage on on the field. It's like. We just talked about Gardner Minshew. The other two, just it's free on the website, our core core picks for this tournament and all Superflex tournaments. But two guys who I think the ADP is absolutely egregious for are also core picks at quarterback, and it's not early round guys. It's Anthony Richardson and Sam Howell. And before we get to the, the fun parts of them, I uh, trust me, I, Rob, everyone is fully aware of the concerns and the risks around Anthony Richardson and Sam Howell. Some people don't think Anthony Richardson can play. Some people don't think he'll start this year. Same thing with Sam Howell. Maybe he's not just not very good. They brought in Jacoby Brissett, which come since when is Jacoby Brissett? I, I the, don't understand this argument. I, 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 <laughs> like people are like, well, they signed Jacoby Brissett. Like Jacoby yeah. Brissett's not making any money, and they it's so like did every other team in the league at some point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The dude, the dude has been on every team, and it's like, you know, they have to sign someone, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, did you expect that they were gonna sign no quarterbacks? Like, and then just and so then if they drafted a fourth rounder, would you say, oh, look, they drafted a fourth rounder, can't pick it? You just didn't. You just were never gonna be in on Sam on Sam. It's okay to say that too, but like, Jacoby Brissett doesn't change anything about Sam Howell. Does it? Does that also mean that Sam Howell is? free and clear to start the whole year? No, of course not. It is, of course, possible Jacoby Brissett starts week one. It is possible he's starting, you know, Howell gets benched, whatever. But the fact remains that those two guys are going much, much, much lower than some of these veteran low-ceiling quarterbacks we just talked about. And I air quotes low-ceiling. Everyone can have a big game. But like Jared Goff did, Kirk Cousins did, right? But the archetype that they present is is lower floor and lower ceiling because they don't run. It, their offenses are above average, but not, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, et cetera. And then you have these quarterbacks who we all know present crazy upside. Like uh, Anthony Richardson is the biggest mutant in the history of, college, of uh, quarterback prospects. Like, I don't know if he's good at football, but the dude is an absolute mutant. And Sam Howell is like was to me one of the most underdrafted quarterbacks like ever in the NFL draft. How he made it to the fifth round is absurd. He was a very good prospect and he runs. He scored 20 fantasy points almost in one start last year, throwing 19 passes. <laughs> They're 19 passes and he scored 20 fantasy points because guess what? He runs. They have a good offense and they and his only competition is a cheap career backup Jacoby Brissett. With it, with not, Eric, yeah, Eric Bieniemy's in town now, right? It's a little bit of a change. Like, what is Bieniemy going to sign up? For? Jacoby Brissett or Sam Howell, like to unlock his new his new offense. So again, that's just lining up all the points. Who knows what happens with Howell and Richardson? But these guys can win you the tournament. 
because they go later. They have tons of risk. So people are scared of them. But like, how, how does Kirk Cousins in the second round win you the term? He might stabilize you, right? Because he's going to score a bunch of 15 to 20 point games. But like getting this year's Daniel Jones or this year's Geno, right? Geno to the, to the Minshew example or Mariota or those kinds of guys is more of the Minshew thing. It could be Jacoby Brissett. Those guys are how you like really gain on your on your opponents, right? Getting a seventh round quarterback, eighth round quarterback, nineteenth round quarterback in this format that's providing like quarterback one numbers and is slotted into your quarterback or super flex spot every week. That's how you win because guess what else you got? Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Nick Chubb. You got all those guys. The other people were like, "Well, I'm getting good quarterback production." but I spent my first three picks on it. <laughs> it's like, you just, yeah. you just, you, you just like lost in round three of your draft. You lost the tournament in round three of, of, of your draft. I think you can double tap. I don't, I'm not saying that that is wrong either, but I think you're just playing kind of roulette a lot more frequently when you double tap, unless you're able to get a unique combination that, that, you know, just uh, doesn't exist by, by ADP. If you triple tap, I think you pretty much just lost the tur- <laughs> lost the tournament yeah, yeah. in 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 round three. I, and I I don't think the double tapping is bad, but I do the point that you bring up about the unique combo, I think is pretty important too. I think uh, Stephen in the chat brings up a Excellent. really good comment here. Said I may comment. be wrong here, but I feel like I see a lot of heavy QB and punt QB, but less hero QB. I've tried to do hero QB hurts Allen Mahomes. And blocking the zero QB teams by pairing with A. Rich, Lance, and Howell. Love it. And this is literally, I mean, other than Trey Lance, this is literally how I've been building my top three picks in the Superflex is I hero QB and it's either Hurts, Allen, Mahomes, and then I'm just going to load up everywhere else. And then I will find two other, three other quarterbacks, probably two other quarterbacks that I think have the chance to start in that Superflex spot. Because you're not replacing Hurts, Mahomes, Allen, right? Those points yeah. are, they're locked. They are they are the biggest locks in fantasy football, no matter the format. Th- that's why we talk about only drafting one of them when when you have 18 rounds. Is yep. You probably don't need another quarterback. We had a team last year in a regular draft, me and me and Overset. We had Hurts. We actually went three QBs. We had Hurts, we had Zach Wilson, and we had Ryan Tannehill. And guess how many points Tannehill and, and – um, Zach Wilson gave us throughout the season when Hertz was active and playing. I think it was 12. I think it was one week that Zach Wilson gave us 12 points. Tannehill never put up any points for us, really. So it, it was dead picks. And the point being, you're never replacing these guys, right? So they are locked into your thing where, like, if you go zero QB, you might be able to rotate some. But you, you have a locked-in starter. You can hero QB it. You can rotate a couple other guys in that super flex. And again, if you're building strong enough, you don't need a QB in that super flex every time. You start Jalen Hurts and then you get you get a you know uh you could even I know you don't like going running back, running back, but there's ways to go Jalen Hurts, Travis Etienne, Tony Pollard, and then load up on wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and now your roster is dangerous because the wide receivers are pushed down. So you're getting better wide receivers later in the fourth or sixth round. And those teams could be like real nasty, and you—I'd be scared to death to face that team. You're showing me a hurt 100%. team with Tony Pollard and Nick Chubb, and the wide <laughs> receivers are still 
people that can put up 20 to 30 point games. Uh, no, thanks. I don't want to play against that. Yeah. I think, I don't think you sound like you're, you're underwater, but, um, it could, it could also right. be, uh, something, uh, you sound, cover, you sound normal to cover, me. Cover the show and I will be right back. Yeah. So what I was going to, I was going to piggyback on, this is, I'm so glad, glad Steve brought this up because this is what I was going to kind of start to get into is when, when we were talking about, when I was talking about, and Rob was listening to me go on a tangent about the idea that once you get to the end of the first round, you need, you need to bypass quarterback and you need to take right. The elite skill position players. Again, I'm not saying that that is wrong, but we need to think about what are people doing. And this is one of those. So this is, you know, one of our two, leverage points is building these structures that people are just not building because everyone is thinking the same, right? Everyone is, we take these top X quarterbacks and then they take these top X quarterbacks, as Steve says, right? Let's just call it the top five because I do think it's debatable after, after Burrow. Once we get through Joe Burrow, right? So Allen, Mahomes, Hertz, um, Fields, and Burrow, it's totally fine to take them. I would take. I would definitely take the top four. If you wanted to throw Burrow in there, I totally get it. I'm going to take those top guys. Now, now what do I do? This is when the decision point starts to come in about how do I win this tournament? No one is saying, no one is saying like, oh, you got to win this tournament by punting quarterback because everybody's taking quarterbacks. Well, no, because there are punt quarterback teams too. It's just, of course, punt quarterback is viable. But then how do you figure out leverage from within, right, the Allen, Mahomes, Hurts teams? And then if you're at the end of the first round, how do you figure out leverage from within that team? Whether it's – I just keep using Justin Jefferson because he's the easiest one, right? You get the you get the best skill player in all of fantasy. You get, you get Justin Jefferson. Is every Justin Jefferson team also punting quarterback? Or what, what about hero quarterback with Dak? Why can't that win? I, I – like I, no one is saying Dak is going to beat those elite guys frequently, but Dak plus Richardson plus Howell, if you like, if you like Lance, if you like CJ Stroud, right? Though whatever, just don't don't. There's the next thing I'll we'll we'll get to is the second leverage point, but is how do you construct this team that when you show up to Week 17, right? The whole thing is I drafted like I'm right. How do I show up to week 17 with this team that can win? If the if everyone said, well, I can't beat, I can't beat Allen with Dak, you know, so my Justin, Ju- there's no Justin Jefferson Dak. Like, I- I'll take Justin Jefferson Dak. Like, why can't Dak score 25 or 30 points in the in the championship round? And now I have, right, Howell. Howell shows up and scores 25 points. Who gives a shit what Josh, like who cares what Josh Allen did, right? And I have Justin Jefferson. Like uh, those kinds of things are just how it sounds silly because it sounds like you're talking about like a one week like DFS tournament, but that's partially how you have to think about it is like quarterbacks, quarterback scoring is replaceable on average. So you want outliers. We just talked about those top guys being outliers, right? You can mix in, the Dax and such of the world, because they are still very strong fantasy plays. But how do you still capture that outlier upside that our opponents are not going for, 
right within these within these structures. So a hero quarterback is like the the perfect example, or the opposite, which is kind of what we started with. If everybody at the first, I'm not saying everyone is doing this, but I'm saying if everyone at the end of the first round is like, I can't draft Dak here. No, mm-hmm. I can't. No, and everybody's just taking right Jefferson, Cup, Tyreek, CMC, JT, whatever. If there's all those teams out there you're not actually doing anything different than anybody else is doing. You feel better about it. Cause you think it's a better way to construct the team, but like that's it. We don't know what the best way to construct the team is because the results are just going to be the results. It's randomness and, and variance. So the hero quarterback thing is one of, one of those examples. I think it's best easiest to understand through the lens of the elite guy. Right. Because like you said, I think the most overdrafted thing, well, the most overdrafted thing is definitely triple tapping quarterback no matter what the worst thing is triple tapping quarterback when you have one of the top five guys. Yeah. But then I think the most overdone thing that's like, that's not, it's not wrong, but it's just double tapping quarterback with the elite, with the elite guy, because you're not getting a difference maker with that set with that second pick. You're just like, I got to fill out quarterback because that quarterback's important, right? I got to fill out quarterback, but like you can fill out you, you you're good at one of them. And now you got 19 other picks to figure out super flex. And like you said, sometimes you might get a good running back score in there. You cobble it together with two or three of these upside shot guys, right? That's totally fine. Cause we're trying to win the tournament. We're not trying to be like, I feel really good about my starting lineup, right? Like I got, I got my second quarterback in there early. Cause if that's what everybody else is doing, then uh, it, it doesn't really, it doesn't really help us. And we're just flipping coins the rest of the way. Yeah. I completely agree. Do I sound better? Yes, I th- I think so. <laughs> this is funny. There you go. For the screenshots, uh, uh, Updog says focus on your your wide wi- wide receiver one stacks. That's the new thing. I read Leone's article as well yesterday. Uh, everybody's all about all about stacking now. Uh, you'll get you'll get more likes on your tweets if you if you screenshot. Um, there was something else. Oh, Jose says, can you even win a, a superflex tournament if you can't get to draft the top five QB? Absolutely. Um, last year. You could have won the Superflex tournament with Daniel Jones and Tom Brady as your as your as your quarterbacks. I know, like, all these things sound crazy because you're like, well, look what Hurts did, and look, well, but look how the season plays out. There's so much chaos and randomness. Trevor Lawrence was a smash and tanked you in week seven, week seventeen, right? They got benched, yeah, week seventeen. The the Jaguars played less than a half. Jalen Hurts was hurt, right? Mahomes was okay. Allen was okay. It was Tom Brady and Daniel Jones. Joe Burrow wasn't a top five quarterback two years ago. Uh, He was fringy, but he wasn't looked upon as like, oh my God, Joe Burrow. If you don't get Joe Burrow, you can't win Superflex. It was Allen and Mahomes and whatever. And so that's why why this whole conversation about structure and leverage and all of that is so important because as long as you're putting together a good team, it's fine. Like it's, it's fine. It's all about how are we going to win the tournament in terms of what our opponents are doing? It's not that much about, uh, you know, making sure I fill out my quarterback position. You can go ahead and uh, enter. And I just have one, one more thing to wrap up this, this conversation as we're hopping into the draft. We need one, one more. Oh man. We keep hitting this at the right at the end uh, of these filling out. The other thing that I was going to say in terms of uh, leverage points is a little bit more player specific but i think the like single worst leverage thing you can do is to take some of those dusty quarterbacks way too high because you're just trying to get a quarterback so 
Shocker, me, the main example that I always think of is Jimmy Garoppolo. Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo, it, it, like you're you're technically getting a starting quarterback, but A, it's not a guarantee that he's they could they they're being rumored for to to draft the quarterback. So it's not guaranteed that he starts the whole year, especially if they stink, which they might. And like he's been on elite, elite offenses for his entire career and never scored fantasy points ever. Like he never put up big games. So like who yeah. gives a shit if you have Jimmy Garoppolo? He's not helping you win anything. Right. And he's just one example. I mean, Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff in the second round are a, a much more expensive, right? Example. Derek Carr sometimes is that there's up a place, there's a time and place for some of these quarterbacks, but like you need outliers. And there is never a circumstance where Jimmy Garoppolo is an outlier. You're just praying that he can get you 15 point games throughout the course of the season. So like that's why Anthony Richardson, Sam Howell, those those guys. Oh, Hertz goes first. Got, I know you love Mahomes, so we got to take Allen over Mahomes. That's fine. I'll take Allen. I just kind of snagged all of them. I thought I actually thought Allen was going to go first, so I was going to decide. Are me. you are you for sure Mahomes over Hertz? No, I'm probably Hertz over Mahomes, um, but it's tough. I, like to me, the three of them are just pulling a name out of a hat almost. Yeah. I know Allen is theoretically the number one out of them, but I don't know. I think the the margin of difference between the three is like razor thin. I agree. The The thing that I do kind of keep – at first, I was not a Mahomes – like, you know, I know that you were a big Mahomes guy. I was not as big a Mahomes fantasy guy. And then coming into this year when you see the rushing that Hurts and Allen and Fields provide and Mahomes having to make up a lot of it, just with passing, which of course he's going to, you know, he's going to make up a lot of it with passing. He's the best quarterback of all time, but yeah, <laughs> but I, I've come like, I do have like semi small concerns. I mean, there's, I, I don't even have to talk about the concerns with fields. It's like, are they actually like he, he can run crazy, but they do have to throw, they have to throw a little bit and have some success throwing, uh, which I expect they'll do, but we have a lot of projecting in him being the fourth or fifth overall quarterback and then love hurts obviously, but they had basically the easiest schedule in the NFL last year. Um, the division has gotten a little bit better. I'm not saying it's it, this is going to change anything for his fantasy outlook, but I think the schedule is going to be tougher. I think um, he ran pretty pure with the old uh, QB sneak, the old QB sneaks, and uh, and some some stuff like that. And so um, in a year where you know, they were proving themselves last year. I also think it's possible they don't run Hurts quite quite as much last year. He obviously got banged up. And um, and so I just think there's, like, these are really, really nitpicking. But, like, Mahomes feels really rock solid. Allen was, frankly, not that good last year, like, as an actual NFL quarterback, like, relative to, to the fact that we view him as super, super elite. He was good, but, like, not nearly as good as I think everybody probably expects Josh Allen to be. And then, like, they bring in Damian Harris, I know that's really small and silly, but like, I think that he probably runs a little bit less too. Like, mm-hmm. I, like he also runs like a moron. <laughs> like that, that, he is gonna get hurt. Like he hasn't, he, but he's he, gonna get hurt. Dumbest running. He is. <laughs> he's Cam Newton. Right. Yeah. These when, these guys run like bowling balls. Like, dude, yeah. <laughs> you can't do that. You're a freaking. I know you're a tank, but like, you're yeah. gonna get hurt. Yeah, but I mean, luckily he's going to be in the NFL for twenty years doing this. So, 
Yeah, it doesn't matter how many hits he takes. He's going to be able to sling that pigskin 80 <laughs> yards in the Buffalo weather in uh, in January. But uh, I just th- I, th- I think it's debatable at the like very debatable at the top because there's they're all, all awesome. It's nitpicking, but there's reasons to like be a little higher or a little lower on all of them. I, I completely agree. I, I My thing with Mahomes, though, is, yeah, his rushing upside isn't the same, but he is going to be the most consistent 300-yard, 300 350-yard game passer. Absolutely. And it's and it's not even close. So no. he's going to make it up with the passing, and that's why I think he's fine to take wherever. So I just want to look at – so we're already See, this is, you, Aaron Rodgers at quarterback here. You can't do that. So, I, I, I just – I don't think – this is worse than saying – than taking Dak over – cup is taking Aaron Rodgers here because cup and those guys versus JT like uh I I, th- I think it's JT probably you know I prefer wide receivers but um I think I think JT probably but like this this to me to Steve's point to the conversation earlier like you talk about 2v2s like Dak plus another elite like wide receiver right like Dak plus or Dak plus CD, right? Take Dak CD at the one, two turn or something. I'm just making shit up. Mm-hmm. That's not worth like taking Aaron Rodgers over Jonathan Taylor. When you have that elite quarterback, I think that's, that's worse. Do you prefer Devonte or CD? I, I honestly, I prefer CD, Me too. But, but do we take Devonte because we're getting a value on him and we're going to be able to start Josh Allen, Jonathan Taylor, Devonte Adams. Yeah. I'm totally fine with that. It's it's like the quarterback thing, splitting splitting hairs. It's you know, splitting me. hairs, but the the hair that we're splitting is how many Allen Taylor Devonte Adams teams are there, right? I right. think it's a combination that is it going to be completely unique? No, but it's going to be less than normal. Yeah, a little less than normal, right? And and again, we're totally splitting hairs on on all these guys. So if you have and. Once we get to the peak draft season, I'll be much more locked into the player combinations. We'll have ownership projections, which if you've not seen, you know, we're still fine tuning these things. It's the very first time we've built best ball ownership projections. So nothing is ever perfect that very first time, but that's something we're really going to focus on once like BBM season gets here and you know, May gets here for all the sites is having ownership projections, which will be based on real drafts, based on ADP, based on historical data that are projecting the, exactly what Rob said. So we'd be able to pull it up and say, okay, I don't really give a shit between Devonte <laughs> between Devontae Adams and CD. They both look about the same to me. So what's the ownership projection on Allen plus, and you sh- I think you can do up to three players, Allen, JT, Devontae versus the ownership projection on Allen, JT, and CD. And you'll be like, oh, no one has CD, but a bunch of people have Devontae. Then we would do CD, right? And vice versa. Yeah. And I think that our team is actually such a shining example of what we were talking about with the Hero QB thing. We start with Josh Allen, who is typically in regular drafts a second rounder, right? Yep. But Jonathan Taylor and Devontae Adams are both late round first round guys. Mm-hmm. So now we've started Josh Allen, Jonathan Taylor, Devontae Adams. The firepower on our team versus the team that has, and if you're in the chat, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not roasting it, but Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers. Like, what team would you rather start with? Yeah, and I, and I, we spent the time shitting on someone like like Kirk Cousins. But when you take Jefferson, I don't think it's horrible. No, to take Kirk Cousins, like, 
it wasn't all meant to be about like a player take around cousins or golf or whatever. It's not meant to be that it's, it's all about the actual structure around it. And like Aaron Rodgers is like fancy version of the, you know, the, the Garoppolo thing we were just talking about. Like, of course he's better than Garoppolo. I like what he probably brings to the jets as well, but what is like, what is Aaron Rodgers really going to win you at that cost with the elite players that you're passing on to get him? You built your stack. That's good. That's great. You got an awesome stack with the best wide receiver in, in fantasy, but then Rodgers just feels like chasing the, you're, you're, you're chasing the, the, the quarterback runs constantly. And like, it's instead of chasing, right. Kirk cousins. Um, what is it? Uh, uh, double Dutch is that what it's? I keep trying to use this analogy and I keep forgetting whether it's double double Dutch with the jump rope. Is that what is, that, is it? Yeah. Double Dutch. Yeah. So you know, you you're, like you watch the people doing double Dutch, right? And they're trying to figure out when to hop when to hop in, right? That's what the quarterback thing is. No one's saying just like, oh, you have to punt it because everybody's too crazy. It's like, well, you can hop in the middle, and you hopped in for Kirk, right? You hopped in, got a couple jumps in there, cool, sick moves. Like, get the fuck back out, and and don't get hit by the rope, which is what you do when you take Aaron Rodgers by following it up with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I completely agree. Oh, I was hoping Pollard would fall to us there. I'm okay with DK, though. Yeah, I think we can go DK, and there is some stuff that I like on the turnaround here that I think we might get. So, But it would have been nice to get Pollard there. Fourth round Tony Pollard. It like end of fourth round Tony Pollard. I really thought Pollard was going to just like skyrocket up the boards and he, ha- I'm not really sure what's going on. <laughs> I don't know how we don't grab Ramondre. I'm cool with Ramondre. Like, I just, I think the value is too great. I'm also a little lower on him, like just relative to the overall landscape, but that's not at the 50th, 50th overall pick. That's, I don't, I don't even know where I have Ramondre ranked. I'm trying to find it really quick. Yeah. So, so like, I mean, this is still a value. For me, I'm lower than market on Ramondre, like relative to all running backs, mm-hmm. and this is a still a seven pick value for me in in Superflex. So like, smash. I think it's a smash, um, and I'm excited because we do have some teams doing the stuff that we were talking about <laughs> with triple tapping quarterback, or you know, in various different ways of you know three out of the first four rounds. So we can kind of evaluate those teams as we go through. We saw our team go Lamar to uh, Jalen Waddle and then Derek Carr in this draft. And what they're going to do from there is going to be interesting to see versus us who went with the single quarterback. But our single quarterback team now has Josh Allen, Jonathan Taylor, Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf, or Mondre Stevenson. Right? Seeing Carr, Carr is a, an Aaron Rodgers-esque thing. Like, I actually don't hate like the outlook for Derek Carr this year on the Saints, but you have to think about again, how are you going to win this tournament when three of your top four picks are on quarterbacks and basically none of them have the ability to separate from the field. Right. And so that those guys are the epitome of, uh, so you attach Trey, Trey Lance gives you a little upside, but now you have four quarterbacks in the first, in the first five rounds. And like, you just don't have enough firepower of elite players to to sorry staff, but you, you have to think about how you're going to win, right? And so, A, you've just guaranteed yourself in the playoff rounds. Two of your top five picks are not going to be in your lineup. Right. That's what you just That's what you just did. Two of your top five picks. And the theory, right, I assume people doing this are like, well, I'm just going to right, ping pong around my quarterbacks for those two spots. Sometimes they're going to have a bad game, and then maybe Carr has a good game. But that doesn't gain you that many points, right? 
like, okay, so-and-so has a 12-point week. I don't even know who the top two quarterbacks this person picked were, right? Has a 12-point week, and you're like, oh, I got the Derek Carr 20-point game. It's like, you got eight points. Like, that's not going to really probably be the difference between you advancing and you not. It probably, But this structure probably will be the difference between you being live to win this tournament if you were to make it to Week 17, if you can even get there without these without the superstar skill players it's like you're playing the wrong game you're playing the let's score as many points at quarterback and super flex kind of as i can as opposed to trying to win the tournament yeah it's some of the things that we definitely have to think about in this format <laughs> this... Come back on the clock kobe shorts asks uh, we're already getting into the week 17 uh takes with the. Uh, Derek Henry. See, Jimmy Garoppolo in the sixth round makes me not, absolutely nauseous. <laughs> what are you looking at here? Do you? I think it's Allen or Pittman for me, probably. I was I was going to say those. M- m- I'm pretty big on McLaurin and uh, uh, Jamison and J- and Jamison Williams. I want to throw those guys in the. So you 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 Let, take one and then. Well, let's do let's do McLaurin because we already have Taylor on on Indy. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we probably don't want to go with Pittman as well. So we'll grab McLaurin. We'll throw Williams in the queue as well. And I would say for this team, to be completely honest, the better pick is Jamison Williams, just because yes. of the wide receivers that we have. For every if fucking we... team, the better pick is Jamison Williams and goddamn Keenan Allen. Are you trying to... You're for doing every... the goddamn Jimmy Garoppolo of wide receivers. For every team that you're drafting, but if you if we were able <laughs> to go, right. if we were able to go, Jonathan, say we were able to get a team right that we went Josh Allen, Jonathan Taylor, Ramondre Stevenson, and Tony Pollard before that, and uh, we only had you know Devonte Adams, so you swap swap out DK for Pollard, and we lose DK, then Keenan Allen is the better pick for this team. Hopefully that makes sense the way I just described it. I think that that argument is totally fair. I still don't think he's the 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 better pick it's kind of like the when we used to talk about it's not perfect equivalent but it's kind of like we used to talk about uh take Naheem Hines or JD McKissick because of the types of players that you drafted around them and I think I would just rather take more of the position with still taking the upside shot guys right if I got to take one or two more to offset the fact that like that sometimes Keenan Allen's 10 point games are going to make my lineup. I would just rather take the the upside shot guys. And I'm not even really trying to hate on Keenan Allen. He he's okay. I just think in half point PPR, he takes a really, really big hit. And I would rather just take more upside shots than less of the position and a floor play. I get it. I just think that there are merits to taking him in that type of spot. I, I think so too. He's, he's very construction build for me though. Keen, he's not. I'm not just tapping Keenan Allen. Yeah. It is either I have to have Herbert, or it is very, very much how I'm constructing my team based on Keenan Allen. And for that spot that I mentioned, I like Jamison Williams a lot as a player. I think he is for this particular team the perfect type of receiver to add to it. But I think I can get guys that are slightly less likely to do what he does, but in the same vein a round or two later. Mm-hmm. So I can get Kadarius Tony a little de- bit later. Oh, definitely. Well, you're, you know. you're really speaking my fucking language here. Now we drafted Jameson. We're going to draft Tony. We're going to, we're going to draft all my guys. 
yeah, well, Tony's going to be a big guy for me this year, I think. Um, I think I'll be having a lot of Mahomes, Kadarius, Tony, MVS stacks on my on my best ball mania yep. rosters as as time goes on. We will tell. Um, I don't know why I switched off of this view, but here we are. See, like, dude, <laughs> seventh round Jimmy G and Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. Like that, when people talk about like, and I mean, shit, I did it in the intro. People talk about the insane early quarterback runs. Like, I think it's okay even with some of the, again, I'll keep using Dak because I think he's kind of that like guy after the tier break that, that people don't want to take that I think you can take like in the late first, early second. The egregious ones are reaching for Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock. Brock Purdy might not play this year. <laughs> like I understand there is a little more upside. I would probably take Purdy over over Jimmy G because I think there's just a little more potential upside. But like then the seventh, like we're gonna take like what 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 are they adding that Howell and Richardson and Levis and Stroud and Bryce Young right Gardner Minshew? What's the difference between Gardner Minshew and Jimmy G? No, nothing to me. <laughs> like not much. I, I mean, mean, there's other a... than the the small fact that Jimmy G's job is definitely more secure. Oh um, yeah. Oh, this I is a say. this is a. So there is. Do you want to take Tony? I think we should take Tony so he doesn't go, and then because uh, I, I like multiple of these other guys here, I wouldn't care as much if. Yeah, there's there's other guys that I like here too that I'm that I'm more than fine with taking. Okay, uh, I like both these running backs. Same, yeah. So either if either of these, do you prefer Mixon or do you prefer Acres? I think I prefer Acres, but it's a real, it's a real coin flip. I I still feel like the the Rams are less likely to bring somebody else in than the Bengals are, but I don't have really strong conviction on that either. I'm a little more Mixon here. Right, I'm. Let's find me. I'm gonna I'm gonna take my one overrule and go. Yeah, I took GMO. Yeah, so he's undervalued. Whereas way, way undervalued. Yeah. Way undervalued. Yeah, I think he's just way undervalued. And I think he will eventually rise up the board. I don't think Akers is gonna rise more than like a a round or two up the board where Which is also crazy. Mixon might get into that third round range with Pollard and Ramondering, and then we're never grabbing him because I'm That's not true. grabbing Mixon over Pollard. <laughs> you know, like I'm taking no. Pollard. But like, why? Why? Why are Mixon and Acres? I know this is the ninth. It's super flex, so it's a little different. But like, why are they the whatever RB like thirty something? <laughs> like, what? What? What is? What the am Acres I missing? It's easier to explain because of the all the drama and the way the season started last year. That's what's in people's minds, not how he looked at the end of the season, but he's on a team that didn't want him. He didn't want to be on. He requested trades. We didn't think he let, he took a leave of absence from the team. There's so much drama surrounding him, and that's what people are remembering. They don't even think he's going to make the team. or like, like they, they just have these thoughts of all the bad stuff from last year. Mixon doesn't make as much sense. They lose P. Ryan. They're probably going to bring Mixon back. They need to hold this team together as much as they can for this. There's no reason to let him go now. There, no. there, we could have speculated two months ago for sure, but not anymore. There's no reason to let him go now. Yeah. I mean, the only, the only way that he's even not viable is if they do some crazy trade-up and try to get Bijan, right? Like, that's the only, like, galaxy brain 
way that Nixon has little to no value. And even yeah, that, and, even that, he's still going to have maybe not beat, maybe not the Bijan example, but like anyone they bring in, he's the same as he's been the last two years. He he he, ha- he hasn't been a workhorse. Like I guess people viewed him that way. P Ryan was the passing down back. Yep. Like P Ryan played passing downs and mixed in, no pun intended, with with Mixon for years. Now P Ryan's gone. It's Travion Williams and Chris Evans who both stink behind behind him. I would guess they'll they're they're kind of going to wait out this veteran running back market. Right, Hunt is still a free agent, and Lenny's still a free agent, and guys like that they might come in and but but I think those guys would just come in and play the P Ryan role. Mm-hmm. So like. You have a guy who's been going in the second round for years in, at worst, the same role in one of the best offenses, and now he's a, the RB30? Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, thanks. I'll take him. <laughs> yeah. And if you're worried about – I guess if you're worried about Akers' uh, personality issues, you probably should be worried – probably should be a little bit more worried about Joe Mixon's uh, off-the-field track record. So maybe that's – maybe people are worried about him – beating somebody up or something. I agree. Um, This part of the draft gets a little bit interesting because some of the things that we just talked about with Mixon, I'm kind of in on Kamara this year based on... He's a little tough, tougher sell just because the suspension. Yeah, but the suspension on a team that we have Taylor, Stevenson, and Mixon? Well, we should take Gabe. Yeah, we should take Gabe on Al on the Allen team. Who this is again? I'm not really. I, I I'm pretty concerned that uh, Gabe is not really a full time player this year. But still, mm-hmm. in the eleventh round, basically. So if it were me, some of the guys I'd be looking at here. I don't know if we want Harris on this particular team. Um, if you want to go a rookie. Any of these guys jumping out to you? Probably the running backs. I'm cool with either. Though. I, I, I'll let you have your Kamara. I'm fine with that. We our running backs are freaking loaded, so we can. Well, that's why we can take them. Yeah, we, and then volume of wide receivers a little bit more late. Yeah, if we had like a, a weaker running back room, it would be Khalil Herbert to me. But where we're just trying to get Kamara to the playoffs. I mean, an eight-game suspension, what do we care? In, in the grand scheme of things, we just took him in the 11th round. We took 11th round Alvin Kamara. Is he dust? Maybe. Who knows? But if we're getting eight games of all, out of him and they're all in the second half of the season, <laughs> and Taylor, Ramondre, and Mixon brought us, and then Kamara has one of his three or four touchdown games, right? Like, yep. Derek Carr is going to improve that offense. I was way down on the Saints last year. Mm-hmm. When you're I, I like them this year. I like them this year. I like them. I don't love them, but I yep. do like them with Alave. You know, who knows what we're going to get out of Michael Thomas? I'm not worried about him, but Olave is very good. Um, Rashid Shahid is my guy. Yeah. Um, Carr is a big upgrade at quarterback. And again, I don't really like massive upgrade, and he's not even that good, but he is a massive upgrade. I mean, they were playing Andy Dalton over Jameis last year. Yeah. So like I'm just reading some of these comments and this is apparently the things that I was that that I was uh 
missing, but Vaporware says the market thinks Mixon is a dusty piece of trash. Well, he is a piece of trash as a human, as a human being, but so is Tyree Kill, and nobody's, everybody's forgotten that. Which, by the way, Tyree Kill's got to be the greatest example. Everybody keeps talking about, like, uh, me too, talking about Kamara's suspension, and there's a uh, comment about Mixon, uh, like, potential suspension too. Like, have we not learned about the NFL and, and suspension? As long as you're not gambling or smoking weed, you're not going to get suspended for a long time. Tyreek Hill's beating Tyreek Hill's beating up kids, and like you know, all like these guys do bad things. Okay, like a lot of these guys do very bad things. As long as you're not gambling or smoking weed or performance enhancing drugs, you're not getting a long suspension. Maybe that will change with with Kamara. I've seen you know videos and stuff like that too. But like, it hasn't really. Do you remember the original Ray Rice suspension? I know that it it changed. He got two games, right? Two games. <laughs> he absolutely knocked out a woman. Like, knocked they, out a woman. And they had the video. It was and they had. He saw the video. Right. The only, reason, the only reason the only reason that it went up from two was because they said, oh, shit, everybody else can see this now. Like, yeah. they don't care. And so us fantasy bros, my, like myself included with the Kamara thing, we do this projection of, oh, but he could get suspended. Like, who gives a shit? Like, we need to stop pretending like the NFL is going to suspend these guys for like a long, a long time and operate as if it's probably not a lengthy suspension uh, suspension. And so, um, but I agree. Joe Mixon is a, uh, is a piece of trash. I don't totally understand this one. Mixon could not play football. I, if by next year, you mean 2024, I agree. And if you're, I don't disagree with age antics and lack of efficiency, all point to the Bengals moving on. Yeah, but not this year. I agree. They, if they were going to move on, they would have already moved on before the draft, before, right? You clear that out so you can use the reason to get rid of them is to use the money. They're in their Super Bowl window. Yeah. If you're going to let go, let these, right? It was like the T trade. Like, A, why would they trade T? They're trying to win a Super Bowl. But if they're going to do it, you need to do it as early as possible because the money that you free up or the assets that you gain, you want to put them to use during free agency. Free agency is basically over and the draft's about to be here. Like the, there's no, then they let P Ryan go already. There's no reason to let Mixon go now. They're trying to win, you know? And so he is just a part of, uh, he is just a part of their team. We can hate it, love it. And for fantasy, I think he's not very good at football anymore too, but uh, he had like the highest running back score, <laughs> score of the entire season this year against the Panthers. He scored like four goddamn touchdowns in the first, in the first quarter. And like, we can hate it all we want, but like he's gonna score fantasy points. The so. only the only thing is just looking at based on the athletic, um, is if he's cut after June first, Joe Mixon, then the Bengals save ten million. If yeah, but like what are they money. doing with it? Right. Well, that's the point, right? Like who are you getting at that point? So saving money is great if you can use it for something. Right. I guess there might be something to like on a T extension or something like this. Definitely agree. Ben says he's just bad at football. Yeah, I know. I, no he argument. I mean, he's not great, but he dropped the fifty burger last year. He's playing. Run, he's playing. He's playing running back for the Bengals, man. Yeah. Like I, we yeah. can hate him all we want. I hate Leonard Fournette, but that dude was dropping thirty fantasy points down down the stretch for the Bucks. Like uh, not this year, obviously. But do we um, like twelfth round Dawson Knox here? No, I fucking always hate Dawson Knox, but he makes sense on this team. I just so let's start him. I want yeah. to really quickly look at what we're looking at. at oh, fuck. I forgot we definitely uh, fucked up quarterback, but that's okay. I don't know if we did. Um, so we want to go Dawson Knox. Do you want to go something else here? See, we, we should have taken Howell at, a, at some point. I lost track of uh, 
Steve says, is this a zappy team? Yes, probably. Um, Brissett is, Brissett is fine. And this is actually right at about ADP for Brissett, right? Brissett's fine. I think we should, we should, we should take Brissett also because we have McLaurin. Um, just yeah. to give ourselves those outs. And I do think I'm sitting here, uh, you trash the entire trashing, <laughs> absolutely trashing Jacoby Brissett. But I don't actually mean like that. He's like completely horrible. If he's the starter for Washington, he has a lot of value in this format at this cost. So, yeah, there's other guys that I think we can take later as well that I'm okay with. What evidence is there that Joe, that Joe Mixon is not playing football in 2023? I would, what the fuck am I missing? I what am bet, I missing? I will bet my life savings that Joe Mixon is playing football in the NFL this season. He will play football. Yeah, jeez, I am definitely missing something. They do not. The NFL does not let guys like that go out without giving them a second He's not, or a third shot. Fournette's going to be on a team. Mixon's going to be on a team. Are they going to be productive? Is what you should be asking. Not if they're going to play football. Is He's Joe definitely going to be productive in 2023? That's what we're not 100% sure on. He's charged of... Wait, no. he was So he was charged with aggravated menacing. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Aggravated menacing, but it was dismissed. Yeah, all of that got dismissed, didn't it? So, yeah, I'm trying to find... He was arrested. He pointed a gun at a woman, and it got dismissed. Well, he allegedly pointed allegedly. a gun at a, at a woman, and it got dismissed. As you know from being on Hometown Ghost Stories this week, the word allegedly <laughs> is very vital in things that we do. The the other word, I got a, a guy uh, made fun of me in the comments for one of the recent videos here that uh, uh, I, I was saying technically. I kept saying technically because it's basically like the you know the opposite of allegedly. Technically, yeah. this, this, that, or the other. And... Uh, uh, so just like allegedly, you're throwing something in there that you really probably don't don't technically have to say. Um, yeah, I guess it can be brought back brought back to trial. Yeah, good luck, good luck uh, with the the uh, the old U.S. court pro- court process. I'm sure that'll go. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that things will be really really swift for uh, yeah, for, jo- sure for br- September. <laughs> yeah, by by September it'll come back to trial and and we'll they'll already have decided the trial. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's Kamara's been going on for like two years. Yeah. Come on, the Kamara thing's been going on for like two years. Yeah, the Kamara thing is crazy. And I don't think the Kamara I think he's only gonna get four games or less, personally, because it say what you want, it was like against another dude in a nightclub. It wasn't like he was at home beating his kids or his wife. Right. He did something stupid, obviously. Yeah, but it was not smart. But also I don't know. Shit happens when you're out. We've all done stupid shit. I mean, I haven't done that, but we've all done stupid shit. Here, I'm reading a quote about Joe Mixon. Quote from the GM, Joe has been a vital part of our team. He's been a successful part of our team. I'm not going to predict the offseason. This is uh, before he got, before his stuff got got dismissed. Uh Not going to predict the offseason because no one has the answers, but we would like to bring Joe back. Yeah, they they want to make a run. They're going to want him. I don't think they want to lose P. Ryan and Mixon. No, that's the thing. What are they going to do? Like, who Mixon sucks? Mixon sucks. I agree. Who doesn't suck? That they're (laughs) that they're. I guess Hunt. Hunt would be the only option. And I guarantee you that Joe Lenny sucks too. Mixon. 
Mm-hmm. And you got to remember that. Like, if a quarterback likes your running back, they are going to do what they can to keep that guy on the team. We saw it with Brady for years. Um, okay. Um, we need to look at quarterbacks and wide receivers, I think. Woof. Well, let's look at quarterback. So, if we're I, I, Mike, playing... Mike White is one of my – White and Zappy. I do like at quarterback. Not necessarily, We don't have to take them right now, but we should be – Considering, do we want to grab Pierce? Sure, yeah, Pierce is fine. Ah, or Shahid. Pierce. Is uh, fine. I didn't see Shahid. I didn't see him either. Okay. Well, maybe we grab another wide receiver, then be done with wide receiver, mm-hmm. and then we get the rest of our stuff. Because there's two. I think there's two viable wide receivers left here. We'll grab Shahid, um, but I think MVS is just as fine. Yep. No argument. I just love me some Shahid. And I don't think we need any more wideouts on this team, to be perfectly honest. Eight is more than no. enough on the Superflex. Correct. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the Mixon argument, we can have it all day. He's going to play football this year unless he goes and murders somebody or something, right? Like, that's... Right, you can keep arguing that he sucks. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> it's irrelevant. And you can't take – I love the, the – if you take out the Carolina game, mm-hmm. look at this. It's like, well, but you can't take out the – if you take out – Mike, if you take out Tom Brady's uh, game against Carolina in Week 17, Pat Green doesn't have $2 million. But guess what? Pat Green has $2 fucking million because, yeah. Tom Brady, because Tom Brady did do that. You can't – like we can't just take that stuff out. I agree. No one's arguing Joe Mixon is good. But that game is part of why – he is valuable at this cost and P Ryan is gone. Mm-hmm. It's not just about what Mixon did last year because last year P Ryan was there and Mixon got hurt for a, a stretch. So it's like, it is what it is. I don't like Joe Mixon either. <laughs> I hate all running. I hate all running backs. You think I like this old dusty, old dusty dude who's running around waving guns at women. Like, no, of course I don't like him, but like, those are, those are guys. I'm like cam makers and Joe Mixon have been second and third round picks for all the same reasons that they are attractive this year. And now they go in the wow, pick, like, yeah. So I'm in certain, stru- in most structures, but in certain structures, they have value, right? And if you like Kamara, draft him too. You yeah. know, the comment was, uh, Kamara's available later. Well, we drafted Kamara too. <laughs> we drafted Kamara too. <laughs> yeah, we have Kamara. We did it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We drafted all these losers, all these yep. old ass running backs who are going to jail. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> we will name this team the longest yard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the this is the longest yard. Uh, a comment that came on that I meant to hit on earlier was someone asked about. I think it was sack me or something like that on the chat. Uh, what were the results of stacking for Week 17 last year? And without looking at complete data. What I can tell you is if you stacked Mike Evans and Tom Brady, you won all the and money. And DJ Moore. It, and DJ Moore. You game stacked that, you won all of the money. All yep. of it. You won every money that was out there. If you That's got correct. that team through. Right? Mm-hmm. If you and got he, that he, team Karain had Godwin and still won $2 million. Yeah. So. Yeah, and the guy that was in the final of the puppy that I was in had an Evans-Brady stack, and mm-hmm. I think he won by 30 or 40 points. <laughs> And uh, just like in terms of secondary stuff, uh, Mostert was one of the highest scoring running backs and Taekwon 
was on Corrine's team as a bring as a, a week 17 correlation. Um, and there was, a, there was a couple others, but yeah. So again, th- we only have a one game sample every yeah. year from a, from a week 17 thing, but you can just see when it hits, which it has, it just so has happened. It's not going to hit like this every single year, but uh, we had Bengals chiefs, right. And then like lions, Seahawks. And then uh, this past, this past season with uh, I think Mike white here, probably. I mean, I, it, they're all backups, and Mike White is whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, if we're assessing injury risk for starting quarterbacks, the guy who keeps banging his head on the ground and leaving games and stuff, uh, like Tua is one more concussion away from a probably pretty lengthy absence. So, I think we need one more running back on this team. Yes, we, you like Kendra the most. I, I like, like Kendra more than Fournette. I yeah. think. I think we have the right team for Kendry Miller too. I mean, if he's anything, this team is rocket shipping up to, you know, our points over the half X in prison. Um, (laughs) Excellent. Excellent comment. It's DraftKings scoring. If they're in, if they're in prison (laughs) bonuses, they get bonuses if they're running in shackles. That's (laughs) all. Can you see the, the, can you see the field and longest yard as a, as a mess? They need extra points. The Bengals uniforms are already striped. So that is true. We're golden here. I don't know what you guys are all worried about. That is that is very true. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, with when you said, do you, do you prefer Fournette? I said, if I take Joe Mixon and Alvin Kamara and Leonard Fournette all on the same team, I don't think I'll ever be able to live that one down. <laughs> no, I wanted one of the rookie running backs there. Um, we still need we have three draft spots left and we probably need two tight ends and I'm fine with getting another quarterback quarterback yeah Yeah. take another flyer on a quarterback and I think this I actually think the team we're building hits every single point we were talking about in the beginning of the show Mm -hmm. I actually will go over the team roster at the end but this is exactly what we were talking about with multiple points and I think that the dream scenario for this team that I wish we had back is to have one of those upside flyer young quarterbacks um, from a massive tier of we could we happen to just mention Howell a lot, but any of the rookies, um, you know Richardson, Stroud, jeez, uh, Bryce Young, don't love Levis, but Levis. Just having one of those guys, or like I said, Hal, or I know you don't like Lance, and I'm not really drafting Lance that much either. But like having a a guy who could be a slate breaker type guy as the as with a little more outs to starting right away, I think is the dream here. But if you don't get that, I think this is like a good way a good way to kind of pivot around. Like that, that's the other thing. The twelfth round, though. So like that's the who did. That Gardner Minshew, usually Holy. you're getting him around 15 or 16. That's the yeah. point. This yeah. draft, they went a lot earlier. That's why we missed out on him in this particular draft. Yeah, we turned around and the I, I was loosely monitoring where my guys, air quotes, you know, the howls and such of the world. And yeah. it's also tougher when you're on the turn, like we are, where, you know, you can catch falling value, which we did, but you also can get locked out of a position like quarterback really. Really, really easily, but yeah, if Gardner Minshew is going in the 12th, 
12th round. It's a, uh, it's tough. Right. And that's why we got locked out of some of those guys that we would normally like on this team. I mean, I was flirting just a week ago with, can I take more, can I take Minshew in the 16th round? I mean, can I take him in the 17th or something like that instead of the 18th? And he got sniped right before me. We're talking a five round difference in this draft. Yeah. So, um, the other thing Let's is ADP it. is constantly changing on this. On this yes, it is. So you need to be real aware of what's going on. Let's see. Okay, tight end's totally fine. Um, look at quarterback really quick just to see what we can just polish up quarterback. Do you prefer Zappy, Darnold? <clears throat> uh, I don't want Willis or Trask. Mariota? I do or like Stidham? Mariota or Stidham? Let's go with I think Zappy. Zappy. Okay. Let's do the zappy one. Um, He's the one that would have outs starting week one. Like, they're minimal outs, I think, but we could use someone that has, I guess, Brissett. Brissett and zappy have outs to start week one. Agreed. So that's why I kind of want to go with zappy. I would like to go Mariota if we had another. um, Tight end. Is Hunter Henry? Hunter Henry. Yep. Get that stack. More than fine with that. Also a core pick on spikeweek.com, Hunter Henry. Why is Hunter – okay, I'm, I don't know if I'm <clears> – <throat> I know we just touted Joe Mixon. I don't – is Hunter Henry also too bad to to draft? I'm not sure. Someone has to tell me. But, like, why is Hunter Henry going in the, ni- like, 19th, <clears throat> 20th round of these drafts? Like, I again, he had a bad year last year. But, like, please explain to me what Patriot, <laughs> besides Ramondre, uh, was, was horrible – that happens when Joe Judge and Matt Patricia are running your offense, and there's really not that much talent. Now, a lot of concerns still exist for the Patriots' offense this year, but we have a much more competent, uh, theoretically, offensive you know kind of structure built around with the coaching staff. And he just – Hunter Henry was like a smash pick two years ago. In the same situation, you just swapped out Janu for Gasicki. Gasicki is a glorified wide receiver. He's not He's not going to steal in-line tight end snaps from Hunter Henry. Mm-hmm. Hunter Henry has multi-tight end upside, uh, multi-touchdown upside at tight end for super late. I, I I don't know why he goes so late. Yeah, this is good. I'm, I'm dying. <laughs> That's the chat says Hunter Henry is being arrested for weapons and Jared manufacturer and trapping. Just all of them. He hit the holy trifecta on that one. So. Yeah. <laughs> for, Ben, the reason why you're not an analyst is you didn't say allegedly. Allegedly, exactly. So just to coach you on how to do this if you ever wanted to stream full-time in the future, you would have to say, Hunter Henry is being arrested for allegedly <laughs> weapons and drugs manufacturing and trafficking charges. <laughs> and that's how you become an analyst. Exactly. Just, you know, from, uh, from one of the top analysts in the game. I say nothing for a living, so I have to say allegedly. Say nothing of substance, and frankly, lots of things that aren't true. But mm-hmm. use the appropriate verbiage so that you cover your your tracks, right? Yeah, exactly. You have to, you know, in case um, in case you end up in court one day, you need to make sure you're saying the right words. <laughs> so we have a four, five, eight, two build. Our two tight ends are Dawson Knox, Hunter Henry. So I'm Jesus. Yeah, we need to grab a third tight end on yeah. this particular team. So I'm just going to look at the tight end, and I think there's some really viable tight ends left. Definitely, this group that I that I like. 
Um, also, Crash Rich just got Heineke in the 20th round. I like Heineke in Atlanta for a 20th round flyer on a Superflex team. Yeah, I just, no problem for me. Sorry. I mean, he sucks. He sucks too, but like, yeah. ri- but like he's behind another dude who sucks. <laughs> so it's like, mm. yeah, and he provides some, like, at least a little bit of upside of yep. if he does start on an offense that I do like. There he uh, goes, Crash Rich. Uh, uh, so who do you think has the most? Upside. I, I think we need an upside swing. I think Knox and Henry are. I think likely Sam Laporta. Um, those would be probably the two highest upside guys back here. I think is Jake Ferguson gone? I assume Jake Ferguson's gone. Yeah, Jake Ferguson is gone. Um, I think likely is the is the, the home run swing here, and then Laporta, Darnell Washington's whatever. Noah Gray is another guy that I'm just taking some swings on in the 20th round but I, this this is not probably a Noah Gray team yeah to be, to be honest I think I think um yeah Steve Steve is saying Laporta but I, I don't I don't in terms of upside swing I, do, I don't agree with that I think um we have seen over and over and over uh you know a not super highly drafted tight end like even when they're like first round picks but they're not and i mean pitts was good as a rookie but not absolutely incredible and i like sam laporta sam laporta is from here by the way pride of beverly high school uh he is not gonna be like the total upside i think he could be good and yeah. be a useful a useful fantasy tight end and i i like to take the rookie tight ends because no one likes to take them because of this narrative but i think like pure upside swing is likely is contingent value like if you get to this happened, this literally happened last year. If you get to week 17 or I think it was 18 mm-hmm. with no Mark Andrews, Isaiah likely is a top what for sure. Five tight end three top three. I mean, he'd probably project for the highest. He'd probably project for a higher target share than Travis Kelsey, like target share, not fantasy points, but like he, he had like 14 targets or 12 targets or something like that without Mark Andrews at the end of the season last year, he's going to project as a top five tight end. Laporte is probably, I mean, I guess there's a scenario, but I think we know likely ceiling. It, it's all contingent based, but also he could catch a couple touchdowns throughout the year, even with Andrews. I think even with Andrews, because I think they showed that they want to use him a lot towards the end of the season. And of all the tight ends in the, at the late round, I think he could fly up draft boards um, during the preseason when he just starts. He could be like the preseason all-star, right? Where they they're playing him just to see what like last do. year, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he said he but, shot up, shot up the draft. Shout out to me for one of the like four things I got right all of last season was uh, before all the schmucks got on the Isaiah Likely uh, bandwagon because he caught a touchdown in the preseason. We were we were touting him, touting him here. He won me zero dollars, right. but it was very fun. It was very fun to victory lap it's, Isaiah Likely. It's a check mark in the old win column. Yeah, you know when you can get eight percent on the test instead of six percent. Sometimes you just want to do that. Yeah, um, right. I like that. I like it. it does feel better. It does. It, it feel, it's like when you uh, play a DFS team and after the, you know, you didn't play Joe Mixon against the, against the Panthers and he has five first half, first half touchdowns, you know, you're drawing dead, but you stay watching the games or maybe you're not watching. You're just laying on the couch triggered, you know, like looking at your phone, like, oh, oh sweet. 
Oh, sweet. Oh, likely caught a touchdown. Like I moved from the first percentile to the third percentile uh, of this and I told everyone to play him. So yes, got it. Yeah, you're hate, you're hate scrolling the, the play-by-plays. Let's go through this roster. We have at quarterback, Josh Allen, Jacoby Brissett, Mike White, Bailey Zappi. At running back, Jonathan Taylor, Ramondre Stevenson, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Kendra Miller. Wide receiver is Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, Jamison Williams, Kadarius Toney, Gabe Davis, Alec Pierce, Rashid Shahid. And then our tight ends are Dawson Knox, Hunter Henry, Isaiah Likely. Dude, this team, I know it's super flex, and people are going to be like, well, you don't have a second quarterback for Super Flex, and you're not going to win tournaments because of it. But look at the, the players that we can be rotating in and out of both flex spots from the other positions. I don't care what your thoughts are on Joe Mixon and Alvin Kamara. They are going to play this year. But we have Taylor and Ramondre Stevenson. Our wide receivers right. are only starting two, remember. <clears throat> so if two of those wide receivers generally are Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, we still have Jamison Williams, Kadarius Tony, Gabe Davis. And, you know, <laughs> I like, like all – that's a lot of like, uh, obviously the first three guys are are good, but then you want to talk about best ball, better in best ball or best ball type picks, Jameson Williams, Kadarius, Tony, Gabe Davis, Alec Pierce, and Rashid Shahid. Yeah. Like probably never, maybe outside of Tony and we don't really know about uh, JMO are not going to earn, you know, they're not going to be Devonte Adams earning 30% target shares, but yeah. they're going to, they're going to have big, big games. Like all of them, they already have. Have, have big, big games because of their upside. Yeah, and then our tight ends are whatever, but you know what? Everyone's tight ends are whatever. <laughs> Dawson Knox, Hunter Henry, Isaiah Likely, like whatever. But I think that this is the type of team where we're talking about, especially with these these top three quarterback anchor picks. Would we have liked to have one more quarterback that is more likely to start, like a Sam Howell, a Gardner Minshew, two names that we kept bringing up? Of course we would have rather, but they went in the 12th round and before. So by pushing them off, we were able to build this core of running backs and wide receivers that are probably going to play our super flex spot more often than not. And guess what? If Mike White ends up playing football most of the year, possibility with Tua and the injury status that he has, Mm -hmm. because his are concussions, they are going to be safe with him if it looks bad. Bailey Zappi might be the starting quarterback here in New England based (laughs) off of Mac Jones being a gigantic bitch and Bill Belichick <laughs> also being a gigantic bitch. Um, and, you know, the season of Real Housewives of New England breaking out over here, we might have a Bailey Zappi starting quarterback team in New England. So I, I like it a lot, to be perfectly honest. I think what, what this team outlines I actually did a video. I think it was two years ago. It might have been last year. I don't, I don't remember. Um, you know, the 800 days in a row of talking about best ball have sort of blended together. But um, I talked about the like skill of drafting. I did a, a show about once you're in the room in a slow draft too, but generally in a fast draft, like it's not just about, you know, once you're done and you post that screenshot, like it's easy to look at a screenshot and say, you screwed this up or you didn't right on Twitter. But when, when you're in the room and picks are flying off the board, they may not go 80, you know, it may be a QB heavy rumor, a wide receiver heavy rumor. You know, you want to get the stack, but you don't want to reach too far. Like, how do you do these things and how do you react? Like, not every draft you do is going to be perfect. After we finished this one, we talked about, like, if we really wanted to perfect it, we would have had some kind of 2v2 with one of those probably wide receivers and a quarterback, right? There would be just some, you know, you take out 
Zappy or Mike White and you put in whoever. Insert your quarterback that you like there, CJ Stroud or something. Probably prefer that. Yeah. But like you have to be able to kind of roll with the punches and be like, look, we were drafting at the turn. We weren't able to perfectly get everything we got, but we built a team as best we could that has outs. We gave ourselves outs. We didn't just say, oh, fuck it. <laughs> you know, burn this, burn this team. It might be burned. Who knows? Most are though. Only two, only two teams in every league are going to advance. You're probably going to burn them. So let's build in, like you said, okay, what if Jacoby Brissett's the starter? Or what if Howell goes down or loses the job? Same thing. Mike White. What about Tua? Bailey Zappi. What about Mac Jones? We gave ourselves as many chances as we could to find that. And God knows we don't need another quarterback. We only need one, one of those three guys. Right. And again, it's super flex. We're not count. We don't really want to count on, you know, running backs and wide receivers filling the super flex, but like, we're not going to take zeros. I can take a zero in super flex. You know, it's, it's just, we might be being beaten there to start the year, but all we got to do is survive. You know what I mean? And having Josh Allen really helps you survive. So I think it was a good draft in that fashion in that, you kind of always are adapting, doing something, trying to find leverage, like we talked about at the top, and then figuring out how to still make a team that gives you a chance to win the tournament, even if it's thin. Like, even if you feel like, oh, God, I mean, we need a quarterback to get hurt, but like, you need crazy shit. Like, that's what that's football's chaos. You're going to need to benefit from some kind of chaos. And so set yourself up to do so. Yeah, I think we did that with this roster. Um, before we get out of here, what I would like to say is thank you to everybody that reached out yesterday. I lost a pet and losing a pet is really difficult to be honest. It sucked. The last 36 hours between a bunch of stuff was bad and I don't really want to get completely into it, but a lot of people reached out and I want to say thank you. Bruce was a phenomenal pet. He was a great little guy and I'm glad that he's resting easy. So thank you to everybody that did reach out. It was very much appreciated. Always brutal. Not much, not much any, but it's also very uncomfortable when it happens to someone and you're like, you you feel that pain and you want to be able to try to communicate something. Yeah. And it's like, it's one of those, you know, a pet dies, a, a, a family member or a friend or something, somebody passes or something bad happens to someone. And you want to be like, you know, console them give them maybe some positive reinforcement or whatever, but there is literally nothing any, no. anyone can say uh, that can make anyone feel better. And so, uh, it, but it is nice to see, you know, we joke and Ben's given up, you know, Ben in the chat is giving us grief about drafting dusty running backs. And we're giving grief back because he thinks Joe Mixon's going to prison tomorrow. Like we're just having fun. Um, but it's always all in good fun. Everybody, Everybody here internally, obviously, Rob and I and the whole Spike Week team, anytime if we're acting like sarcastic assholes, it is all in good fun and joking around. You guys are freaking awesome. And obviously, you know, this is a good example of you guys being awesome back, even though we can all disagree and have uh, fun and uh, sometimes heated discussions and debates. But uh, really good example of an awesome community, man. Awesome. Yeah, Just a, ton, tons of good people been really great so i do appreciate it again not to doubt not to bring the mood down but yeah. i needed to say thank you i needed to say thank you to everybody for that so thank you quick pro quick programming note you and tj uh are dra doing a draft again tomorrow is that the plan we're gonna do a draft i'm pretty sure it's gonna be at 1 p.m but i will confirm that time with tj we had to push that from yesterday to tomorrow obviously so we'll be doing a draft tomorrow and uh if you're not familiar with TJ, 
TJ is one of our leading NFL guys on Roto-Grinders. So not only does he do NFL, he does NBA, he does MLB. TJ, TJ is a rock star at RG. Might be one of the most undervalued members of our content team. So if you haven't seen TJ, he's a lot of fun. He'll be great to draft with. His NFL mind is great. So seeing what he would do in best ball tournaments is going to be a lot of fun. I also love, uh, well, we're definitely going to be bringing a lot more more uh, contributors on, both video and and written and just all sorts of different jobs. So you'll definitely be on this this year. If you've grown sick of looking at my face or, or at Rob's face, I promise you're going to get some new, fresh faces with some fresh perspectives uh, over the course of the next, you know, very soon, but definitely over the course of the, the next uh, six months. And I think it's important to bring people like TJ on and a bunch of you other guys who've reached out to me because especially, you know, someone with TJ, someone like TJ that thinks a little bit differently, comes from a different space, right? I came from DFS too, but now I've been grinding this for a couple of years. Getting those different perspectives, especially from someone, um, you know, who has successfully grinded something like DFS that is so hard mm-hmm. for, for such a long time and has perspective on all the different sports and uh, the different formats, uh, you know, whether it's showdown or whatever, I think is really nice. Uh, so we want to make sure we're bringing some of those some of those guys into anything else you got before we get out of here no it's going to be nice seeing other faces and 2023 spike week the year we make you hate more faces <laughs> yes exactly, exactly. Forward, but yeah that's gonna that's it for me rob and tj will be back tomorrow tons of new stuff coming i can't give anything away just yet but new shows lots more content written media rankings i mean it's almost here dude <laughs> it's it's really crazy best ball mania is probably less than a month away so uh we're gonna be firing up tons of stuff here at spike really? week be good we, we will be drafting sunday morning as well just so oh okay. probably perfect probably a solo draft with me but but we had a lot of fun doing a sunday morning draft a lot of people enjoyed it we'll do another sunday morning draft this week awesome rob and tj tomorrow rob on sunday me and also the very near future we'll see you guys uh next time Have a good afternoon. Later.